The defendant's commission of these four murders over a 10-day period is one of the worst killing sprees in the history of this state. Skin them sometimes, uh, slit them, slit them all the way open. Uh, I'm here looking for the spirits of anybody that still remains. I have a device in my hand. If you would like to talk to it, please come forward. Tell me your story. Maybe I should have killed four or five hundred people. Then I would have felt better. Then when I felt like I really offered society something. You are listening to Serial Spirits, the podcast. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Serial Spirits Podcast. My name is Annie Weebs, and for tonight's Serial Snippet, we've got some really special friends, some of the best guys in the paranormal field. Our good buddies, Chad Cornell and Doug Malinowski, are here with us tonight. They are the hosts of The Eerie Voice and The Echo on Paranormal Warehouse, and they are the founders of Eerie Voices Paranormal Societies. Chad, Doug, thank you guys so much for coming on Serial Spirits this week. Oh, thanks for having us. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having us on. So, we've known you guys for a couple of years now. We've had the chance to, you know, visit some places together. We were just together yesterday at Madison Seminary for MadCon 2, and we've returned from uh, the gates of hell because that's about how hot it was yesterday. Uh, Definitely was. Yes, yes. (laughs) Yesterday was uh, probably the hottest day that we're going to see from last week to next week. But it was a great day. Raised a couple thousand dollars for cystic fibrosis awareness, and so it was great seeing you guys, and a great cause on top of that. So let's get into some of your nitty gritty. You were first the founders of a paranormal team, so tell me how you guys met and how you started Eerie Voices Paranormal. Well, crap, I knew Doug prior to even starting with, like, I was in the field for two, three years prior to forming the group. Yeah. I met Doug years before through, actually I worked with his wife for a long time and then we've been close and friends now for going on what? Uh, uh, it's been a while, man. Six, six, 16 <laughs> years? Something Probably like that. something yeah. like that, yeah. So, yeah. so pretty much uh, Doug is, uh, I had a part-time job and uh, doing something part-time on the side just to branch of cash flow in and uh, and I needed a part-time job because I was or as heck. You're going to Vegas. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going Actually, to Vegas. I was going to Vegas, and I'm like, Chad, dude, I need some extra money, man. <laughs> so, yeah, he brought me we, uh, to the we did a little, We did a little pizza delivery side stuff just to yeah. get some extra cash, and Doug was saving up for a trip with his wife to go yeah, to Vegas. Vegas. And I, was met, I told him, like, I did paranormal stuff, and then I was telling him, I think about, you know, create my own team, who had a more open concept and uh Doug was like I'm in I'm like what yeah I said I'm in and Chad said no you're not which is pretty <laughs> funny because we're the two members that we're, we're the only two original members left yeah more or less so you know yeah 
Yeah, it's, it's funny because Doug was not. I would. Doug was the last person I thought had any interest in it because I had no idea of his yeah. of his uh, his interest in the actual paranormal because it never came up in a conversation no. until that moment. And no, because I've never watched the TV shows. I've never. I've, I've never been that person to follow paranormal, you know. And then I had my own. I had my own reasons to get in, and um, still today, I really don't watch the shows. But I really enjoy talking to the people that are responsible for yeah. the shows, you know? Yeah. We've been, and we've been blessed to do many amazing investigations. We've been yeah. now, Doug and I have been doing, our team has been together for just over a decade. Yeah. It's hard to believe. Yeah. And uh, going going strong, getting better, and enjoying every little, you know, every little uh, thing we do along the way that has come along to... Uh, being part of this field. That's a long time for a team to be together, 10 years. And so for each of you, everybody's kind of got their story about their very first paranormal experience or what piqued their interest in the paranormal. So can each of you just give me a, a brief rundown of why you got interested in the paranormal to begin with? Well, it's funny because even to this day, I can't watch horror movies. I hate horror movies. Okay. <laughs> so, anyways, I, I, must have been, I must have like I was, well, I was I was growing up, and I must have had you know I had things happen as a kid, but never really. It was I was so young, but later in life, you know, my early twenties, mid twenties, something like that, I actually had a, a weird dream. It was such a vivid dream, and I just happened to talk to my my mother that that evening, and it was just it came up in conversations. I was telling her about the dream. And uh, how I explained that there was this old woman looking over at me. It was weird because I felt like I couldn't reach up to her. I was I felt so tiny. And after having a conversation with her, she basically there's more detail in that, but uh, she basically said I described um, an event that actually occurred a lot when I was a baby, a young a young kid. Um, the first my first home I lived in with my parents. They actually had a home where the original homeowner has since passed away. But they would actually see her at the foot of their bed and walk into uh, my room prior to my sister's room, but would see me very. Com she it actually happened, actually happened more often whenever, say, I was sick or something. She almost like she appeared at their at the foot of their bed and would go into my room and looking over at me in the crib. So hence, I, that dream was she said it seemed like more of a memory of me seeing her looking over at me in the crib, and that really piqued my interest to really look into that more because it was almost like a deja vu moment. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And, and for me, I, I've always believed there's more out there than what we can see. But um, I had a personal family member pass away with a pretty, it's pretty tragic. And the whole reason I got into the field is because I wanted answers for what happened that night. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, um, luckily, in the last 10 years, I honestly believe I've been able to communicate with this individual and I've got some answers to questions, but yeah, that was the whole reason I got in because I wanted to speak to one certain individual and now I've been able to speak to a lot of individuals. Mm -hmm. It's crazy how your own personal experience and, and I think that's why a lot of us get into it whether it's a loved one or child, like you said, an old house that you lived in. Um, that's why you get into it. But then it opens so many doors to all of these other 
spirits, whatever you want to call it, these energies that we have been able to connect with over the years. And I think that's why we get hooked in it because you want to know more. If you hear one portion of it and it opens all of these doors. So do you guys remember the first investigation that you did together after you founded your team? Yeah, I do. Yeah, it was a, it was a library that's kind of come kind of like our second home in investigations. And really, they don't let many people investigate it other than us, to be honest with you. Yeah. And then that, that library's kind of kind of been a little hub that we've been going to for a long time. Yeah, yeah. actually, the uh, one of the first pieces of uh, equipment we ever had is the um, IT talker or ITC talker. Mm -hmm. And it kind of sounds a lot like a, a smoker box. Like, mm -hmm. We turned it on, and my wife was part of the team at the time. And uh, it said, help me. Wow. As soon as we turned it on, it said, help me. And this is when we all just got together. So it, it was really cool. And then it said your name. Yeah, yeah. And then my name is Malinowski. Me and Chad walked into the room. <laughs> and this damn box goes, Malinowski. Yeah. I'm like, dude, this is golden. Yeah. But, um. And yeah. it's funny because that, that kind of dates us too because the ITC, the original ITC talker, was the basis of what is now the obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They've actually created and, and morphed and so much, but that was like the very first That was version. the 8-track. <laughs> <laughs> but um, actually, my um, my youngest son, me and my wife, his middle name came from a name that we kept getting every time we went to the library to do an investigation. We kept getting the name Elliot, 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 and um, we actually that 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 that's my youngest uh, son's middle name now. That's crazy. So, do you know who the Elliot was that they were referring to through the box? We we don't know because it's it's, it's hard to pinpoint because the the library is built on an original schoolhouse that was burned to the ground in an arson fire. Um, so. We, we don't know, because no, there's no documentation that we died in that fire, but being there was a school, you know, that could have been a close attachment to somebody loving that school, or maybe a child passed away at an early age that went to that school and just loved the school so much that he still hangs around, even though now it's a library. We've, we can't find any documentation, but that, that's an ever-revolving name that always comes up every time. We've been going there for the last 10 years. That's really cool. So let's talk about kind of aging ourselves in the paranormal field. We've all been at it for about a decade now, and we've seen so much progression in the paranormal field, whether it's what you're seeing on TV, it's equipment. Um, what's your opinion on investigating now versus 10 years ago? Do you feel like the scientific advances have made what we do more legit? Or do you feel like there's so much of it televised now with different teams for whatever reason that have taken some of the validity out of it and just made it entertainment? Well, it's kind of yes and no question, to be honest, because honestly, we've, we've, we started off with a lot of equipment, and as we progress investigating, we've kind of... We don't use the arsenal we used to use because we get better stuff with the least amount of stuff we actually carry. Yeah. But we use it in a manner that is 
is smart. We try and plan out the reason why we're taking this device into this location. Or before, we would just kind of just like an army just put things out there. Yeah. Um, I think the technology has, in, has obviously enhanced a lot. And for the, for the benefit of the actual, you know, the field. But it's all about how you use it and what purpose you use it. I think you, you don't need to have a whole bunch going at one time because it's, it's counterproductive. But having two or maybe two things with you at one point, make them where they can validate each other, and that's the pivotal thing. But from when we started, I think we used too much equipment to now yeah. we, we kind of keep it to a bare minimum to make oh, it yeah. easier, less, uh, well, maybe more productive, obviously, but a lot easier for them to focus on one device or yeah. we can use this couple devices. I want a flashlight, a K2 meter, a spirit box, in a voice recorder. That's it. That's all I want. That's all I use. Mm-hmm. Um, we have we have been testing out the SLS camera. Yeah. And but we use it with our devices to try and bring us some validity. But it has worked in a great way for us, where we've actually had some major interactions where it was doing stuff for us on command by waving at us, reaching yeah. out to us. I was shaking somebody's yeah. hand. I don't know who it was. That's really cool, though. Yeah. yeah, but like any other device, you need to know its pros and cons when you, before you start using it, because with an SLS camera, it's great to use, but you need to know exactly where you're shooting that camera and what is near it, because it can map out things. It'll like, map out a mannequin. Or, or a shelf. I've had yeah. it map out a shelf. You have to be very cognizant of what's behind the camera, or in front of the camera, excuse me, what could be mapped out. So if you get a figure popping up where there's nothing behind it, that makes it more interesting. And then yeah. maybe having it try and manipulate, you know, wave at your communicate in a certain way mm-hmm. and having multiple devices near too that you know that just brings the validation to it but it's all about knowing the pros and cons of your device and when is the proper time to use them yeah and so that kind of leads into the second part of the question about i guess the popularity of paranormal investigating now versus 10 years ago and the validity of some of the things that you might see on TV or Online, we were just watching an episode. Uh, Mike and Breggs were doing real or fake on Paranormal Warehouse, and they like to show these clips and basically leave it up to people watching to say, Do you think it's real or do you think it's faked? And it's so much easier to fake evidence now because of technology. Oh, definitely. But then you go back to the old school, you know, it's been more than a a decade since Ghost Hunters came out. And with the new reboot coming out now, you start looking back at the progression of paranormal TV over the past decade. Do you guys think that it has helped validate what we do? Do you think it has hurt the credibility of what we do? Or does it fall somewhere in between um i i think the fans the fans can be the judge of that one um at the end of the day it's a it's a show it's a production they're out there for viewerships now i know there was something a a couple months ago where there was a certain show and somebody said they caught something and it might have been them kicking a camera and the world stepped in and said hey listen you know, this looks fake as all get up. So, I mean, it's all per, uh, per perception. Yeah. I mean, and, and if you're going out there putting out something that really looks questionable, people are going to call you out on it. Yeah, and, and to add to further your question you were asking, I, I think that's fallen between, you know, helped and 
hurt because yes, it's helped bring um, a subject matter to light that has always been taboo for so many people. It's become part of if you want to call it quote unquote pop culture. But in another way, it's brought in more opportunities for faked evidence to give the field a a, a a bad name. So it's all about having the right people representing the field. Yeah. And the great thing about, you mentioned Ghost Hunters, we're doing a reboot. We all know Darren Larson. We yeah. know Daryl before, he's now, now he's part of you know, Good New Ghost Hunters. Mm-hmm. We know Daryl before. Daryl is the most down-to-earth, most yeah. nicest guy who's, who is, doesn't hold punches back. So the fact that he's on this show and the fact that we personally know him and know his background gives the show a little more, I think, the delivery for me at least, yeah. that people people knew who Daryl was before he actually went on the show. It wasn't their way around. They didn't know Daryl because of the show. They knew Daryl prior to the show. So I think it's all dependent on who it is and if they are the right person to leave the field in a manner that can bring it in a good light. It's crazy yeah. that you said that because Shay and I literally have had the exact same conversation and it makes such a huge difference when like you said people that you know people that you have investigated with before or just been around in general are able to step into this field and you know it's the right person in the right place at the right time to say okay there's a lot of fake stuff out there or there may be a lot of stuff that you don't agree with Let's reel it back in and and bring in some people like that that you know have the credibility to do it. And uh, we love Daryl. We're proud of Daryl. We're so excited to see what they are doing with the reboot there. Um, 100% supporting their efforts there with the reboot of Ghost Hunters. So let's talk about the place that I met you guys. A really cool location called the Judson Hotel. And you guys have been back there recently for a public event that you did, right? Yep, yeah, we've been there a couple of times. We've been there a lot throughout our career at the, the Judson House and the EU Hotel. And we, uh, we've investigated, we met you there when you guys were doing a shoot. And uh, we've investigated there for a bunch of different public events to help them raise some money to, to help, uh, help the you know, historical society keep the place up and going, add, add funds, because obviously with... Different states. I know Pennsylvania State funding is very small for our historical societies to get funding, so they're very strapped for cash. And what a great way to do is to pique people's interest, mm-hmm. whether they like it or don't like it. There's always interest from somebody. Like, what is this really all about? Yeah. So we always have naysayers, but I like the people to come check things out. Oh, so we've been, you know, been helped able to raise a good chunk of money and help them out. Just our last public event. And actually, they almost shut down all ghost hunts mm-hmm. because. You know, people were not open-minded. Yeah. And luckily, you know, a good friend of ours was able to step in, grab the horse by the reins, and say, this is what we're doing. Yeah. And like yeah. Chad said, we were able to go back last month and raise... Uh, so 600 bucks, right? Yeah. Wow. Just this one night. And just one night to go out yeah. and have fun, you know? Listen to what we have. We got to talk about what we do. Mm-hmm. We love what we do. And we got to show, you know, 16 people... This is what it's like for a night, you know? Yeah, we kept it very limited, so it was more, more, uh, you know, close-knit for people. A little more, yeah. you know. But it's an awesome location. So yeah. anybody watching or listening, if you're ever in the Waterford area, make sure to go to the Judson House slash Eagle Hotel. Waterford, Pennsylvania. Yeah, Waterford, we actually just, Pennsylvania. just did a live stream from there just a matter of two weeks, three weeks ago, something like yeah, that. Yeah, a couple weeks ago. So we had, a, had an amazing night there, too, so that people can watch that stuff if they want to launch mm-hmm. it. 
So, Annie, because you were there, and I don't think I ever sat down and talked to you. What was your experience like there? We had a great time. We were doing um, an episode of Resident Undead. We were shooting at the time. And I think probably the the thing that stood out to me the most, and this has been, gosh, it's been well over a year now, but I was upstairs um, doing an, a part of an investigation by myself, and I was in the process of setting up my stationary camera, I believe. And as I turned and looked over my shoulder, I thought that Adam Kimmel had entered the room and was standing behind me. And so I glanced up and kind of glanced away again. And then it occurred to me that that's not where the door was in the room that Adam was, would have come through as he was bringing up he was bringing up a piece of equipment to, for me to use or something like that, maybe a geo box. And so I, you get the chills because you realize what you thought you just saw was not what you saw. And so I remember getting on the walkie and saying like, holy crap, I thought that was just Kimmel standing behind me, but it really wasn't. And so he enters the room just a moment later and I was like, I don't know what that was that I thought I saw behind me, but it clearly wasn't you. So uh, that was probably the thing that stood out the most to me there. But it, it's a beautiful, two beautiful locations that are, you know, just across the street from each other. And so a, a huge kudos to you guys for stepping in and helping with the funding because much like the state of Pennsylvania, West Virginia, you know, where I am from, they put zero funding into any of these historical buildings. They are more likely to, you know, tear them down and pave over the site and build something there. And it really takes a group like you guys stepping in there to be willing to do something like this, to share your passion, to be able to keep these places alive. Because if they do that with these locations, then where are we going to go to investigate? Where do we go to further our field? Where are we going to go find history live in person? Exactly. Yeah, because yeah, it, 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 it's dying off. And like uh, what Adam did. You know, Adam's on number two now. I mean, yeah. you know, he's coming in, restoring. You know, it, it's a piece of history, and we need more people to be able to step up and grab that by the reins. Because, like like you said, you know, the cities and towns, they, they don't care. They'll tear it down or turn it into a, a apartment complex or something. And everything that, you know, makes that building that building is lost. Yeah, we've seen it firsthand with the place we we ran. Yeah, you know it's no longer available. You know it's not around for it's not been torn down, but it's been obviously changed hands and moved into yeah. something else. And the owners want to ignore the past or the story that actually comes with the facility. Mm -hmm. Right, and I've been there before too. And you go back to the fact that you talk about paranormal investigating, I guess, being a, a taboo thing. To bring up not everybody wants to discuss it and so that comes into it too that you have to you have to bring that culture into it as well and explain to these people why it is that you want to kind of relive this history there with that oh yeah totally agree and it, it, it 
like I said, it's one of those things where people are going to believe what they want to believe in, and they have every right to, but the thing that bothers me the most is you have your right to believe in what you want to believe in, but there's no, you have no right to talk down to somebody else for having a certain belief. That's where our country is built on, having their own beliefs, so yeah. why, why talk down to somebody for their beliefs? America. Exactly. That's right. America, America. 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 If we want to hunt ghosts all night in the creepiest places you can imagine, let us have our rights. Damn right. That's right. We're flying the flag right now. So let's talk about what you guys are doing now on Paranormal Warehouse. You've got two different live shows. You've got the Eerie Voice that is happening every week. And then you've also got the echo, which are your live investigations. So tell everybody about that. Well, I mean, the eerie voice Doug and I have been doing now for about five years, four or five, five, five years, years like that. We just had our hundredth episode about a month and a half ago. I had to twist Chad's arm. He didn't want to do it. I said, buddy, listen here, man. We're going to get to talk to people. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, that's the reason why we do the podcast. And it's yeah. awesome from there. And we started off with one network and spent a long time there with them. And then, you know, Daryl actually was the one who told us, hey, come join us at Warehouse. There's so much better opportunity to reach more people. Yeah. And you have a little more, more leniency. I was like, perfect, let's do it. So we did it. And the floodgates opened up, man. Yeah. We came on and all of a sudden... I seen that this uh, blonde chick come on too. I'm like, dude, she's going over yeah. here, man. So <laughs> the family. That's Daryl's fault too. That yeah. also that also came from Daryl. So you can thank him for that as well. That's right. But he knew, you know, because at that time, Daryl knew where he was going, and he knew what he had coming on, you know. So he was smart, you know. Let let's get a team. Let's. Right. Do let, let's use Paranormal Warehouse to its fullest potential. Yeah, and yeah. we've been blessed to do the eerie voice, like I said, for mm-hmm. hundred now hundred four episodes, I think it is, yeah. and we've got to talk to some of the very best in the field. Some of uh, even some people that people aren't familiar with. We've talked to people from people who enjoy UFOs to Bigfoots to mm-hmm. the Wiccan and just local people. Yeah, I, and, and honestly, I enjoy that more than anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's fun. It, it was awesome when we had like like a Grant Wilson on the yeah. show. You know, just to be like, we got to talk to him. And but, the personal side. Yeah, 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 you know. But I like talking to you know the the paranormal investigator that lives a state away. You know, right. it's fun because yeah. we we were given that opportunity when we first started. So to be able to give that opportunity. I don't know, it, it, it's a good feeling. Yeah, and what's great about doing a podcast that we do is we keep it pretty much an open structure. We don't have a plan going into no. it. We, we kind of go with what how the thing goes, how the people in the chat room talk about things, and kind of let them ask questions. But it, it gives us an opportunity to dive into uh, how, people, how, many, how they might investigate some of their techniques. And we actually learn from them as well and pull it in because... Our basis for the whole reason why we formed our team was not to be closed-minded on one certain way. We want to be open-minded and use different techniques to come up with our own, you know, well-thought-out, you know, resolution to this this haunt. 
and by using different techniques, not just one solid thing, because that's just too close-minded for this field. And that's one of the platforms, one of the main platforms, while we actually started doing the podcast, was to learn other techniques from other people and get their their input and kind of, you know, add to how we do things, too, which is... Plus, I like to talk, man, so why not... <laughs> But obviously, <laughs> since Joy Warehouse, we've kind of you know spread our wings a little bit, and we've now expanded to doing a monthly live stream web series with with the Echo. And that's Chad's baby right there, man. Yeah, he took that bull by the horn. Well, what we want to do is, you know, people see the stuff on television; they don't realize that their little total of forty-five minutes that might be on television they see because it's an hour long with commercials and whatnot. That that is just that's a that's a it's a yeah, right. you know, so we wanted to bring what real investigations look like, whether that be good, whether they be bad, whether there's nothing going on or if there's a lot going on. We want them to have a first-hand experience with fan interaction, bringing in what they want us to do, what they want us to see. That's why we yeah. have fan voting. Yeah, thing. and honestly, the fan interaction, like, I, I know about psychics, I know about mediums, I know about people with gifts, you know, we've got to talk to a lot of them. And something that really surprised me was, when you can have somebody sitting in a house in Alaska watching us who has has this gift, you know, who's able to channel other stuff, and they can say as they're watching our podcast, I feel like there's somebody over in this corner, you know? And then for us to be able to um, confirm that, it blows my mind. Like, 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 like that's something I... I I was completely ignorant to. Yeah. And now it's like, wow, you know? And what I do really enjoy about doing the show, too, is the the rawness of it, because we will take all the live streams and cut it up for, like you see on TV, all the best of the best kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But you will know that it is not tampered with or whatever, because you can always go back and watch the original, raw, uncut live stream itself. So yeah. you can actually see everything in the raw, but we're just making it into a shortened version that's a little more, you know, cinematic for you. Right. But you can always watch that raw stuff. And and that's what I really enjoy about it is because you get people... It's organic. Yeah, people yeah. have the chance. They don't have to sit there and watch the four or five hour investigation. They can watch a little bit if you want to. And if they really are like, I don't know about this, they can always go back and watch the original uncut by just going back in the feed and seeing it. But I do advise, get a case of beer, get a pizza. If you know the echo's going to be on, sit down and enjoy it, man. Yeah. You know, why not? And then what's really funny is, and this is something we've had to really learn to deal with and just ignore, and it's like this for anybody in the field, is the, uh, we'll call them the naysayers, we'll call them the, uh, the trolls you get. Yeah. Paid attention to one you, single You don't troll. need to, because there's always no. going to be trolls. And it's I'll funny. wave to them. I'll blow them a kiss. Yeah. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Go with it. Even, yeah. this, even to this date, no matter what we do, and everyone who's in this field has to have a very thick skin because yeah. even to this date there are people who say that we fake our stuff even though our stuff is blatantly streaming live in that second mm-hmm. and then you can watch you know the cut up nice clean version yeah. and if you don't believe it you can go back and watch the raw uncut because I I've had people speak. say stuff I've had people say stuff to other people that we know that man they're fake they're just faking all the stuff serious oh yeah see and that's why it's good he doesn't tell me his stuff because I'll get on the I'll get on the damn <laughs> Internet and I'll blow these people out. Like, yeah. I'm Doug's filter. Yeah, use my filter. <laughs> we all, need, yeah, we all need a filter. I'm Shay's filter as well, so you know kind of how that works. But we've all been there. I don't yeah. think anybody in the field has ever not had anybody come to them and be like, 
you faked something at some point. That's not real. What you felt, what you sensed there wasn't real. That piece of footage wasn't real. And the only thing that I can say is, until you experience it yourself, you don't know that. Yeah, exactly. That's why you have thick skin. Right. You, You develop that thick skin, and you get to the point that you say, if you don't want to watch it, if you don't believe it, then screw it. You know, you're still watching for some reason. So, you know, the trolls are always going to be there. Um, but you do. You develop that thick skin and the ability to just say, we're here to do what we love doing. If you want to watch it, that's great. If you don't, there's plenty of other stuff out there that you can watch. But the beauty in the live streams is that it gives people the opportunity to be a part of it who really want to be there. Some people who have that love of the paranormal or the interest or just the curiosity, maybe, and they want to know what it's like to be on an investigation, but they don't have the ability, they don't have the people to go out and do it with or the locations. And what you guys are doing with the live streams, what a lot of of the warehouse shows are doing live streams, gives the ability to bring these people in so that at the end of the night, it's like you're one big paranormal team from all across the world. Yeah, what we we try and do a little different than some people is our fan interaction. We have open voting for a certain period of time where people can vote on whether it be one of the members of our team or our special celebrity guest that comes with us. They get to vote on that person to go investigate in a restricted, which is basically a 30-minute period alone. And they also get to vote on what location or what what spot within a location that person has to do that restricted investigation. So we make that all fan voted, so they decide who and where, and it makes it more fun and interesting. And that person is alone for 30 minutes, just them and a camera. Yeah. Raw. 30 minutes alone in a creepy place can be really terrifying. I've done it before a Mm -hmm. lot. And so it takes a lot of cojones to be able to do that. So God bless the people that you have voted into your restrictions because that can be terrifying. I was one of them, and I tell you what, it was awesome. Yeah. Um, probably one of the best experiences I ever had. Um, I'm in the room, you know, people are, are, are talking on online. I'm talking with the chat, this and that. Long story short, at the end of it, chat comes up, and the uh, battery on the camera was dying. So I'm holding the camera as he's trying to charge it or uh, plug it back in. I see, I see a blonde person walk behind him into a room, all right? Now, we had a blonde lady with us, our uh, special guest for the episode, and I call her out, you know, because I'm assuming she is in a room right next to us. Mm-hmm. She was downstairs. Oh, wow. You know, but leading up to that, people kept saying they felt, you know, a presence here or there. They kept saying about this presence they felt. I seen somebody walk behind Chad. You know, and I didn't even think of it because I knew we have a blonde person with us. Right. What, what's funny is, is seeing Doug's reaction to that because for as long as I've known Doug, he's had amazing experiences. He can speak on this too, yeah. but he hasn't had that, oh crap kind of moment that that really has happened. No. Like, and he, I think that was his moment. That, that was, that was, because I, I try to write off most stuff. You know, I, I'm, I'm not going out here to, oh, I need to capture this stuff. Ooh, like, 
I try to look at realistically everything we, we ever catch. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. there, 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 there's probably stuff that, that, that I've, I've witnessed that other people would be blown away. And I write it off like, well, it could have been this or that. And I'm not going to run telling about it, you know. But that was, like, number two. And that's amazing. And you have that moment, and it just solidifies everything that you've done, everything that's led up to this point, and it just validates that you've been in the right place at the right time, that, you know, your purpose in this, I think everybody wants to find their purpose in this, and those are those moments that you're like, that's why I'm here. That's why I want to share this with people. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. That and answers. I want answers. Oh, yeah. Right. You know, every, every location you go to, there's a story. Now, if you get to visit this location multiple times, if you're lucky enough, you can uncover somebody has something they want you to know. Right. And maybe they don't want to tell you at first, but if you can walk out of a location after 10 times and, and sit down confidently and say, I know this girl named... Beth, who is 25 years old, lives here, you know, that's really cool. You know? Yeah. I mean, we also really enjoy helping out even the, the private investigations that yeah. we don't, you know, advertise that we do or put up because obviously we want to keep their, 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 their secrecy for them and so forth. But helping them, that, that's, a, that's a, a, a pretty big thing for us as well because we've had to help some interesting situations and help figure out some, you know, awkward conversations that had to have been done with people, right. whether paranormal or non-paranormal issues. So, I mean, it, it, it's been a long time full of interesting experiences, mm-hmm. whether that be paranormal or non. <laughs> so, yeah. have you guys scheduled your next uh, episode of The Echo yet? And if so, can you tell us where it's going to be? That is still up in the air, um, only because we've been so busy this for the last, oh my gosh, we've been doing it now six months now, something like that, doing eight episode, and it's it just, between the, between the eerie voice and the echo, it's kind of kept us kind of bombarded down a little bit, so we have a list of places we've reached out to. As of right now, I don't have a specific location set up. Hopefully that falls into place soon. I would say September. Uh, our, whole, our goal is to have to August, but it's one of those things we, we hope to have in August, but it's a matter of just getting that right location because... There are many factors that go into looking for a location for us because we have families, we have right. children, we have jobs, we have to travel away from them, so we want to make sure we still stay, kind of stay relative to where we are. Hence yeah. why I missed two freaking episodes with two amazing special guests, man. This <laughs> you know, I happened. Rebecca, I had to miss out on yeah. them. And uh, Scott and Deidre, I had to miss out on them. It's like, come on, man. Life happens. And I think sometimes people don't realize that, too, is that we're all just working people. This is our passion. This is what we do um, in our downtime. You know, we spend a lot of hours keeping the roads hot and, and scheduling these things. Just the time that it takes to schedule these, the guests for the shows and the investigations. It's time-consuming, but we do it because we love it and because we want to share it with people. Oh, yeah. That, that's the best part is to be able to share people the experiences or the conversations had. Yeah. Guys, we are going to wrap up. 
this serial snippet. Tell everybody where they can find you all over social media. They can find me at the local bar. <laughs> no, Besides the local bar, Doug. <laughs> That's the um, obvious answer. Well, I mean, you can find us on Facebook. You can look at us at Eerie Voices, which is E-E-R-I-E, two doubles in the front. And you can find us also at The Eerie Voice on Facebook, which is where you have that you know, public page just for the show itself. But you can find our show live on Paranormal Warehouse, 9 p.m. every every Thursday. Um, and then 9 o'clock Eastern. 9 o'clock Eastern time. And then obviously the Echo is done through Paranormal Warehouse as well. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Eerie Voices. You can find us on Instagram at Eerie Voices. Um, you know, Twitter is actually Twitter is actually Eerie Voices Para, but um, you can also go to our website evp-society.com, and that interlocks to all our social medias. Um, we try and we try our best to upload all the podcasts to the site. We're a little behind on that with all the busy schedules we've had, but we'll try and get that fixed up. Um, so that's kind of the best way to contact us. Or you can just say, drop in and say hi to us live on the uh, episode of The Echo or of The Eerie Voice. Yeah. Guys, we love you. You're part of our extended family. Let's meet up again soon, and let's make sure that it's not 112 degrees the next time that it happens. Agreed. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in to this serial snippet. We will be back next week again on Paranormal Warehouse. Thanks for listening to Serial Spirits Podcast. Catch new episodes each Wednesday on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Paranormal Warehouse. If you'd like to support the show, please head over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. It's the best way to help spread Serial Spirit love. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Serial Spirits and also at Paranormal Warehouse. Until next time.